I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis. I'm Jeff Turner, and this is Recall. It's a series about history. Not the ancient past, but history that's still hot to the touch. In this first season, I explore a revolutionary political movement that brought a modern democracy to the brink. You can find Recall, How to Start a Revolution, on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. So, uh, June Clark is an artist who, who lives in Toronto. But she grew up in the U.S. She grew up in Harlem uh, and fled to Canada in the 60s. When June was growing up, she was taught to love and revere the American flag. And recently, June's been trying to come to terms with how she feels about that flag. And that comes across in her work. This is interesting. June wasn't an artist when she first came to Canada. But that upheaval, that fleeing, that huge change in her life kind of put her on the path to art. And since then, she's gone on to create photography, collages, prints, installations. Her show Unrequited Loves, which is about the American flag, just opened at the Art Gallery of Ontario on Friday. There's a major exhibition of her work coming to Toronto's Power Plant Gallery in May, running in tandem with the AGO. And Toronto's Museum of Contemporary Art is having an exhibition of her photography this March. Ahead of that, uh, June Clark came into the studio. I didn't know a whole lot about June Clark before she came in, but what a story she has. Here's our conversation. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, really good. Uh, this is an exciting time for you, hey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. T- tell me a little bit about how you ended up coming to Canada in the first place. You're from Harlem. Yes, yes. And uh, at the time, my husband was a draft dodger, so we... Uh, and he was drafted, and we had 48 hours to get out of the country. Oh, my God. In 1968. So he, uh, he, he gets the letter or the phone call or something, the letter, I guess. Yes. And you say to yourselves, we got to get out of here. Yes, 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 yes. So we packed everything up on Tuesday, and Thursday evening we were driving across the border. What do you remember about, about leaving? Everything. Yeah? <laughs> everything. We... Bought a trunk, and and uh, we had a little Volkswagen bug. Of course, everybody had one at that time. And uh, luckily for us, if you can believe it, you could apply for landed immigrant status at the border if all of your ducks were in the row, of course. And this is what we did. Now, my, my understanding is at, at this point, Art, when you when you made it across the border, mm-hmm. art wasn't a part of your life. Oh, then. no, 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 no. Right. So how, when, does, when does making art into your life? Making art, I wasn't thinking in terms of making art. Uh, my husband at the time bought me a camera, and I, I, it was a wrenching. You can imagine 48 hours, and you don't, you're, you have to leave your home, your community, everything. And I found myself walking around looking for community, looking for the familiar. And that's how I started photography. And again, as anyone knows, you encourage a little kid to do something. They keep doing it and they get better at it. And people started saying to me, like I was a little kid, I love those photographs. So I continued 
When you were going around Toronto with your camera, mm-hmm. you became start, started to become known for street photography in Toronto. Yes, yes. What did you want to turn your lens on? Like, what were you... Again, what I found familiar, the, the uh, people sitting on the stoops, the markets, all of the things that I felt I missed living in Harlem. And... Um, you were looking for... Looking for what I felt I had left uh, behind. Left behind. Oh, That's wow. right. Yeah. Then uh, shortly after that, you start getting into uh, other forms of art. And, 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 and what I find interesting about you and what a lot of people have remarked on is that one of the hallmarks of some of your art is your use of discarded materials. Yes. Uh, uh, torn images, scraps, old mm-hmm. clothing, used rusted metal, you know, discarded items. Okay, Think- that didn't start. What ended up happening, okay. I had started a tiny business of portraits, and I quickly became bored with that because I just got tired of people bringing photographs back and saying, could you take this blemish off my face and could you, and I just thought I don't need that. Did some wedding photography and absolutely left that when I did a wedding and uh, before I could get the photographs to the couple, they'd split up. Oh. And I thought, <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a disillusioner for the, for the profession, won't it? Well, I got so, the photos here. I got the photos. Fo- what? I, I can't. <laughs> They broke? Okay. 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 (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so you were like, enough of that. So what ended up happening, (laughs) I, again, wanted to learn more about photography, how it's done, what was new. And I figured you learn that through what's going on in the schools, or at least I thought that. So I uh, had met Michael Cmac, and he was at York, and I got to enroll in the fine arts program. Okay. And that's how I began branching out. So, so when does the discarded materials thing start to happen in your, in your art? Mm-hmm. Like how does that, guess, what, what did you find interesting about them? Uh, again, thinking about things that my grandmother owned or my mother was a milliner, her hats... And I just began incorporating them into what I do. And I took a, an African uh, arts course, and that's when I really started using old materials. I did a piece called For When We Go Downtown, and, and I learned that the nails that you see in African sculpture are demands and pleas and prayers and each nail. And so I did uh, an old side table and put nails all over it. And it was a kind of uh, vessel for amulets that you I, I imagined you could just put in your pocket and then you could go downtown and work or or whatever, because, again, it wasn't until I was about 18 or 19 and got a job downtown in New York that I 
came to realize that people thought where I came from was this horrible, dangerous place, and that was just so antithetical to what I knew Harlem. about. You were, yes. you were going down below 60th Street. Yeah. And people, yeah, were, yeah, people yeah. were saying, oh, you're from Harlem. That's yeah, just awful how crime-ridden. Is it? Pl- yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. And, you know, everyone should grow up in the community I grew up in where you have about five or six sets of parents and, and friends and family and, and everything. And, and everyone takes care of everyone else. It's funny, hey, no matter, no matter who you are, when you leave your home and you go somewhere else, you're always fighting with your own, like, nostalgia uh, and your own complicated feelings of leaving home. And also, like, you're, I never heard it put that way, but, like, you're fighting against other people's perceptions of your home. Like, where you are now has perceptions of your home, and you're always dealing with that. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with the Toronto-based Canadian-American visual artist, June Clark. June has a complicated relationship, as I mentioned there, with the the U.S., uh, particularly the country's flag. June's Art Gallery of Ontario exhibition, Unrequited Love, brings together nine pieces of her art that look at the stars and stripes, including a piece she's about to describe called Dirge. In the second half of our conversation, we get into June's relationship with the flag, and we get into it through her love of rust. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Here's more of my conversation with the artist June Clark. Okay, so I, I see the I see how you I, I, I see the, the the story a little bit here, which is you know you take the breaking course, you, you take this course in African art, you start learning the importance of these these sort of discarded nails and the exactly. the nails meaning in there. Yes. but th- this doesn't help um, this doesn't help me understand like your love for like rust because I heard like you love rust. I don't know why I, it is the for me it's such a beautiful material the color. The, I mean, rust can be from blue to orange to black, and, and it is incredibly beautiful. I used rust when I made the piece Dirge in 2003, uh, when I was seeing what was happening in the United States. I just felt that the flag, the metaphor of the flag is that this is, this, things are going downhill here. The the American flag, the stars and stripes. Yes, and the whole idea of what rust is. Rust is misuse, disuse, just um, ignorance and uh, neglect. And so I, I made dirt. Why were you um, interested in, in, in looking at the American flag, this flag that you had come up with and then sort of left behind? I, it's never left me. 
It's very difficult for people to understand that the first day you go to school, you have to stand up and you have to have your hand over your heart yeah. and you pledge allegiance yeah, uh, the, to, 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 the to the flag. flag. And the what? The flag and the... I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States Lights of America, America and to the Republic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you do that each and every day. Uh-huh. And again, I'm five years old and uh, every class had a flag monitor you folded the flag up, you opened the flag up in the morning, and you put it up, and the flag monitor. And flags were big as in a classroom. And I remember uh, our flag monitor was folding, and a bit of the corner of the flag touched the floor, and there was a collective in grade one. <gasps> Because you're not supposed to put the flag on the floor. I mean, think about that. I mean, is that brainwashing or what? (laughs) And so I learned to love the flag. I learned to, to feel full when I saw it waving in the wind or hearing the national anthem. And, uh, so, in my work, I realized, again, during studio downtime, there was always a flag that was made over those years. And um, I, ca- I had to come to terms with what was going on and what I was trying to work out uh, of myself and my psyche in terms of how I felt about the flag, hence unrequited love. Unrequited love, which is the which is the uh, exhibition at the Art Gallery of Ontario. But I feel like yes. that looking back to Harlem and, and looking back to the to the states comes up qu- quite often in your work. I mean, in 1996, you were invited back to the Studio Museum in Harlem to do a one year residency. Mm-hmm. You created this piece called Harlem Quilt while yes. you were there. Tell me about that piece. Yes. Okay. That piece will be shown at the Power Plant yeah. in May. And uh, I went back, I walked around, my mother was alive, my sister was still alive. Had you been back since you left? Oh, yeah. Okay, you would go back every now and then. Oh, yeah, I would go back about once or twice a year, but never to stay. So I began walking around and uh, realized everything had changed and absolutely nothing had changed. And I was filled with amazing emotions. And um, that's the first piece I did at the Studio Museum called Homecoming Home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just sat and I wrote down every emotion I had and tried to to deal mm. with it in, mm. in that way. And that's when I used paper towels and newsprint to do this piece called Homecoming Home. I think there are about 18 pieces, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And each one overwhelmed, underwhelmed, anger, glad, happiness, all of these things mm. I felt. 
So what I ended up doing, again, trying to come to terms with my emotions, I used my camera to walk around and document what I saw. But having been a professional photographer, we always edit. And I decided I didn't want to do that. So I would set my f-stop at the opening of the lens okay. and set it at a certain, uh, for distance and timing. And I would carry the camera around at my hip. Okay. And I just snapped as I walked along. So not a composed oh, photo where you're looking through. Right. Okay, I, okay. I okay. never knew what I had yeah. until I produced the imagery, because I didn't want to editorialize on what I was seeing. Mm. I didn't want to. I wanted random and just seeing what would happen. And then uh, a block away from the Studio Museum, there was a Goodwill store, and uh, I went in and bought a lot of clothes brought them back to the Studio Museum, cut them up, committed the images that I had gotten to the fabric. And it wasn't until, I guess, I was explaining the Harlem quilt to someone that I realized at the time I was seeing Harlem from the uh, viewpoint of a seven-year-old kid because the camera was down here. Down where your hip was, where you, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Height you would, the height you would be. Here's, here's my question about it, everything you've told me today in terms of your art, art journey, is that it feels like, and, and it, it feels like you're, you're going from, you're walking around, uh, you're walking around Toronto with your uh, eye in a viewfinder looking for home. Like looking for community, looking to create its shots of something that reminds you of home. As your story is going here, it seems much less created the art you're interested in. You know, yes. it's 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 camera at the hip, whatever mm-hmm. comes out. It's what it's stuff at Goodwill that's been thrown away. It's the it's the um, unpredictability of what rust does to some predictability. That's right. So what you do is you open yourself up for experience, for new experiences, for not the things that you have decided are real. You open yourself up for what is in front of you. And it's not always what you want to be in front of you, it's it's uh, it's coming to terms with reality. It's it seems to me that um, y- you've given a lot to art over the over the years, but it seems like art's given you a lot too. Oh gosh, oh gosh, I I art chose me. I didn't choose art. What do you mean? I fell into it. I. It was two decades of doing this before I even said I'm an artist or I'm a photographer. I'm just doing this stuff. I'm just working out feelings, basically. That's 
what my art is is about. It's, you know, that's why I can never say I want you as you stand in front of what I do to feel this or yeah. that. Or my art could never be didactic because I'm trying to figure it out as I go along. Every piece. June, what what a joy to meet you. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me, and thank you for being interested. Con- congratulations on this well-deserved, like, people paying attention to your work. It's, it's the best. I'm so happy about it. I'm glad, too. I was just tickled. I was tickled to meet June Clark. What a joy. Uh, June's a Canadian-American visual artist. Her exhibition, Unrequited Love, opened this weekend at the Art Gallery of Ontario. So if you're... What do they say? In the GTA. If you're in the greater Toronto area, please go check it out. A retrospective of her work, including new pieces, will be opening at the Power Plant Contemporary Art Gallery in Toronto this May, in tandem with the AGO. An exhibition of her photography is also happening at the City's Museum of Contemporary Art in uh, March. The other conversation we have up on today, if you check our podcast feed, is, is my conversation with one of the most important bands of the past ooh, three decades. They talk about how like they've been called the greatest rock band of the 90s, and they say something to me like if you want to ignore criticism of your work you also have to ignore praise of your work but i don't want to i i I just want to ignore the criticism anyway my conversation with slater kinney wherever you got this podcast we'll see you soon later on For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.